Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Dr. Melanie Denton-Dembrowski, and we're going to be speaking about taking our dry eye clinics to aesthetics on the OI Show. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Dr. Melanie Denton. It is awesome to get to chat with you and uh, see you again. I haven't seen you since before the pandemic. How's life? It is really, really good. It's good to see you as well. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm excited to be here. I used to see you a lot when we were both kind of on the speaking circuit, and now everybody's on the virtual circuit. So here we are. That's so true. And that's (laughs) why we started the podcast is we just wanted to hang out with people again. And it happened during COVID and then we just continued on. So here we are. Hey, so um, tell everybody about you and uh, where you're practicing and any of these little side gigs that you have. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Melanie Denton-Dabrowski. I practice in North Carolina. I'm an OD. Um, I have an MBA as well. So I love talking about the business side of eye care. Um, my practice, I started it cold seven years ago. It started as a primary eye care practice. We grew out that side of things. And then during the pandemic, I sort of had a reckoning with myself where I was like, you know, I really want to be doing dry eye. So I started my all-in dry eye specialty in 2020. And since then, we've grown out the dry eye clinic. And then I started because of the dry eye clinic and all the overlap with the aesthetics, I added an esthetician last year, October of 21. And right now I'm building out more of a med spa model with a medical director. I also have a passion for education. So um, I'm the host of a YouTube channel called iSchool with Dr. D that focuses mostly on dry eye, ocular aesthetics, but we do some evergreen stuff too. That's a mostly patient-based channel. And I think that's mostly everything. Yeah. But what I love about your YouTube channel for me is I can direct my patients to go there to learn more about something I said. And that's, I think, why it's important for ODs to know what what you and Joey and others are doing with the education Mm. is like when we hear something like that's something I would, would like my patient to know you know, it, it's, it's that, that digital brochure that we would have handed a patient in the exam room, but nobody wants one of those when they leave, they want to, they want to hear more about it and be able to share it with other people. So I really appreciate what you do and how you uh, provide us resources, but that's not what I want to talk to you about. Okay. <laughs> I have a dry eye clinic and mm-hmm. I love dry. eye. I've been doing it for a long time. I have an IPL in my practice, and I have been exclusively using it for dry eye since I started. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other things I can do with it, yeah. and there's other things I can do to help my patients. Um, in Washington State, uh, an aesthetician, a master aesthetician, is qualified to do IPL services. And I thought, you know, right now our doctors are doing I- all the IPL. It's taking mm-hmm. a lot of time, and it's a lot of fun, but how can I change this? And my friend, Melanie has already done what I want to do. So walk us through this process of going from a dry eye to doing aesthetics and ways that that helps patients and how you're, you know, helping them with their dry eye by being more involved with that too. Mm -hmm. So this all started for me really early. So even when I was working for other folks right out of school and residency, 
I noticed that I was getting this, these questions about, well, which eye makeup is, is good, which one is safe. This was like back in 2009, 2010, fresh out of school. I'm like, people are asking me this and we didn't spend one second on this in optometry school. So way back then I was like, I feel like there's an opportunity there to have sort of this eye safe beauty concept. Um, that we're just not really hitting on. We're not learning about it in school. We're not doing it. Well, all these years pass and I started practice and I start in the dry eye space. And now using IPL, which is a photofacial, I mean, intense pulse light came from dermatology. It started as a photofacial. It um, targets chromophores. So hemoglobin, melanin, and guess what? When you start doing it for dry eye, as I'm sure you've seen, Patients get great aesthetic results that they're really pumped about. And so now that conversation is front of mind for you and for patients. I found myself starting to say like, yeah, we can do this dry eye treatment. And oh, by the way, it's also going to clear up your rosacea a little bit. And so it just became a thing. And, and then the more that you do with dry eye, the more questions you get about eye safe beauty, what makeup can I wear? And I don't know about you, but so many of my patients were, they're so frustrated. They don't feel like themselves anymore. They're losing lashes. Um, they can't wear any mascaras. And so they're just, they were asking me all the time. And I was like, this is an unmet need. And I think that's like in business, you're always looking for like, what problem do I solve? What unmet need? am I solving for people? And I just saw that as a huge unmet need. So that's kind of how it started. And I started looking into it, which the first thing you have to really look at is your state and your state laws, because it sounds like that is going to vary from state to state. So what yes. I have figured out in North Carolina might not be true for you, Dave. Right. So that's a tough thing. And I think like if you're listening to this and thinking about adding in aesthetics, that's the first place you start. You know, you go, all right, what am I able to do? Um, I'm in North Carolina. I Estheticians here cannot do class two devices on their own. They have to be under someone's license that allows it. And IPL is a class two device. So I can, I can have an esthetician do dry eye treatments for me, but because the scope of my license limits me to dry eye care, I can't then delegate a treatment that I'm not allowed to delegate. Does that make sense? Yep. So it's, it can be very confusing, but I've reached out to my state board multiple times saying, what can I do? What can't I do? <laughs> like, you know, how do I make it so I can do this? Because at some point you may need a medical director to be able to utilize the equipment that you've made a capital investment in. Like you have radio frequency, you have IPL, you can't use that machine to its fullest extent or capabilities mm -hmm. unless you have a license that can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So this medical director, explain more what that is and what that is for you and what it allows you to do. Well, let me, okay. So I don't have one yet, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'll explain where I started. So, so last fall I decided to make, I built out a new office last year and I said, okay, let me build out 
my dry you built out a really old office last really year old. not a old, new, old office, new office a really office. A Victorian yes. house that's right yes. so my dry eye aesthetic suite is a great big room and on one side I have my dry eye stuff and my firefly slit lamp and my imaging and directly adjacent my patients can see where their treatments will happen in the aesthetics bed so I decided to bring in an esthetician well what I did personally was create a different business entity. So I have a different LLC for that business, um, different tax ID, all of it. I actually had it inspected by the North Carolina Cosmetology Board. Um, that may vary from state to state as well. There may be optometrists out there that are able to do this and fully have the esthetician under their license. But I felt like the cleanest way to do it, the safest way to do it, knowing that I'm one of the first people doing it, I wanted to do it as right as I could. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I got a separate um, board certification. So inspected and the whole bit. So you have to, you know, learn what's expected of salons. You have to have running water in the room. Um, you don't have to have laundry, but for instance, that's something we put into our house because there's so much laundry with aesthetics, right? So there's all these like little things that you have to, and, and I would imagine some of that state to state, North Carolina had a very specific list of what you needed to have in that room. So that's mm -hmm. what I, anyway, that's what I did. I formed a separate business entity. I hired an esthetician. I pay her insurance. And to start with, it's like we we're introducing this concept, right? So the first phase of marketing, I feel like is just awareness <laughs> and like, yeah, we have an esthetician at an eye doctor. And so up until now, she has done what's available, what she can do under her license. I delegate things that I'm able to delegate under my license, but we've not done anything that isn't covered by our licenses. Yep. So then the next phase is if you want to be a med spa and be able to use all of your equipment to its fullest, you have to have a medical director. So that's an MD that puts their name on their, on your, puts their stamp of approval in my state. I believe they have to have a separate, um, like they have to let their state board know that I'm using basically their license and you just you just look for a medical director. I mean, you can find them from folks in your own town. There are online matching services for med spas to find medical directors. Um, I kind of connected with some other ODs in my area that were talking to a medical director from Greensboro. And so that's not too far from me. And this gentleman wants to be fairly hands-on and visit the practice once a month. And I like that because this is a new thing for optometrists to be doing, and I want to do it right. <laughs> and be the good example. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can get medical directors, my understanding, uh, not the direction I'm going, but there are some that you just pay them monthly and they're your medical director. Yep. Yep. And then, and then they don't do anything other than use their names per se. Yep. yep. Yeah. Interesting. So what about finding an esthetician and, uh, oh, I, before I ask that question, yeah. you said you went and got kind of a separate certification with the cosmetology. What was yeah. that? I applied for a salon license, basically. Mm -hmm. So my room three dry eye treatment room is a salon, according to the North Carolina Board of Cosmetologists. So okay. 
you know, the full office is registered with the board of optometry and then the um, salon is registered with the board of cosmetology and they inspect that board is an inspection board and they come out once a year. So you get like a grade. I got an A. I nice know. job. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very cool. So that's what okay. I did. Yeah. And was that something where you had to do some sort of certification and take a test or is it you just had to go through the list and make sure that you had this supply, this supply, you had a sink in the room, like you said, and had all the things? Yeah, they just show up and inspect for cleanliness, for you making making sure that you have a first aid kit in the room, um, making sure that you have appropriate disinfection practices in place. I mean, I think those are the main things that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having a sink in the room. There's a whole list for my state that you have to have. Yeah. So then uh, uh, y- y- you were addressing a little bit that you have an aesthetician and they do some things that they do under their license. First of all, where do you get an aesthetician these days? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, okay. Aestheticians, again, state to state could be different. I believe yep. in North Carolina, they undergo, there's aesthetic school and there's cosmetology school. It's conceivable. I don't know the laws for every single state, but you might be in a state where everybody goes to cosmetology school and you have people that just sort of concentrate in aesthetics, concentrate in skincare. Mm -hmm. Um, There's vast variation in the schools. So, you know, some of the big name brands like Aveda has a school near me in Charlotte, and then there's private schools. There's so many different types of aesthetic schools. So I think Mm -hmm. like doing a little research in your area and finding out what schools are there, because I found schools in the out West that are like laser. I mean, they train their estheticians in laser. So yeah, there's just in Washington, the there's the aesthetics that people can go into. And then there's something called a, uh, you know, master esthetician and those ones have certifications in certain things that a regular aesthetician doesn't. And then there's additional certifications that they can get to do more advanced procedures. Some of those are, I believe, things that they can do alone under their license, but then there's some that they can do under the license of a dermatologist or a medical director, as you pointed out. So like you said, it's different everywhere. Mm-hmm. What what we might call an esthetician might be cosmetology in in your state, and then there's this advanced state that becomes an esthetician and so forth. Right? It's variable. Yeah, you, everybody has to look depending on where you live. You totally do. And by the way, so I've seen that people calling themselves master estheticians, that doesn't really exist in North Carolina. It's mm-hmm. just like a thing they throw on there. So it doesn't really mean anything here that I've found. The other thing that's interesting is medical estheticians will add the A at the beginning versus ES esthetician with just the E. And apparently that really doesn't mean anything either. (laughs) Like some people think the A makes it medical, but like, it doesn't really matter. So when you ask, like, how do you find an esthetician? It's hard just because you have to get the lay of the land in your area and figure out where the good schools are. I actually, um, I just reach out directly to schools, um, emailing them, letting them know if they have an all-star student. That's how I got my esthetician. 
-hmm. I emailed the school and said, I'm looking for your all-star. And they had somebody that wanted to go into medical. If you put this on Indeed or Facebook or whatever, something else, a job board, you get tons of applicants because estheticians tend to want to work in medical practices. It's prestigious for them. It's a desired workplace for them. Um, like off the record, my esthetician has mentioned, I don't want to work in a salon. Like, you know, it, it's caddy in salons and like, it's just mm. a different like culture and different client. Yeah. Yep. A different client. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be in a medical facility. It like mm-hmm. lends credibility to her license and it's more enjoyable. So you just want to find, you're going to have to find the right person, right? Like just yep. find the best school around and I would email their administrators and ask them for a recommendation. And then what does your uh, esthetician do in your clinic that you don't do? Uh, Facials, Mm -hmm. lash tinting, Mm -hmm. lash lifts, which that could be controversial. I can Mm kind of tell you how I came around to allowing that to happen. Mm -hmm. She does microcurrent. So she has microcurrent which is like a lifting toning kind of treatment. Um, We do not have hydrofacial, but we have like a suction type machine that does microdermabrasion. So she does extractions during her facials and she can do waxing. She doesn't, we, we haven't done that though. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and how did you go about working with her to develop what it was that you were going to do? Right. Cause you, you, you could have shut down your optometry practice and you opened a spa, right? This is like a, a whole new business yeah. for you. It happens to be in your optometry practice, but it could have been outside, right? Mm-hmm. So this is like a whole mm-hmm. new arena. This is a whole new Melanie, whole new world, right? Yeah. How did you yeah. come up with the stuff that you and her were going to have done in, in your salon, if I may? Well, okay. So the other thing is like, what do you want them to do? Do, Are you an optometrist wanting an esthetician so that they can just take over over some of your IPL, right? Like, are you just so doing so many IPL all day that you want them to take that over? Because that's a possibility. I personally wanted to build out a whole different service and have a whole different revenue stream because I'm still the only doctor at my practice. Um, I probably need an associate soon, but I nothing happens, right? Not much happens if I'm not back there spinning dials in a dark room. And so I love the idea of building out a second type of service. And then my esthetician can be seeing patient or clients for facials when I'm on vacation. So I love the idea of a second revenue stream. Um, So from the beginning, we created a menu that we felt would complement what we were doing in the dry eye center specifically. I sort of marketed mostly to the dry eye center. Um, and I offered a complimentary skin analysis for anybody in my dry eye center. Um, I have found, I've learned so much about aesthetics and skincare. I've learned about skin barriers and how, you know, the microorganisms and the microbiome that becomes disrupted on the eyelid. Guess what that's connected to? The rest of their face. And I didn't even know, believe it or not, I didn't even know how big of a role Demodex can have in rosacea patients for their facial rosacea and how important it is to control Demodex populations on their face. 
And it is all related. I mean, it's we're right next door between the, mm-hmm. the face and the eyelid. And so I started proactively saying, like, I really think you should have a skin analysis with my esthetician. I've got your eyes handled. We're going to get this dry eye better. Um, do a skin analysis. And she also would jump into, are you using retinol? She'd get their skincare routines, look at all the preservatives and just make sure that they weren't using anything that would be exacerbating their dryness and working against what we were doing in the dry eye clinic. So I think that's a really good I have to ask on that. That's that's huge, right? That's the thing that we we haven't really keyed into. Now, is that something you had to teach her or is that something she knew was a dry eye eyeball related issue? No. Or are we disconnected in that? We are, mm-hmm. we're a little bit disconnected, but once you start talking rosacea, you know, the tear film is not so much different actually than like the acid mantle and the skin barrier and what happens when the skin barrier breaks down. And so I started to realize that when we would talk about skin versus eyes, when I was educating her, I'm like, this is the same thing, just a couple inches away. Like we're yeah. doing, we're working toward the same goals here. Yeah. And so, no, I did have to teach her, but I train my team pretty regularly anyway. And so she just sits in on all of that and learned about dry eye. I mean, I have her doing zest treatments. Um, you know, it's slow at first and it takes a little while to get your patient base to understand why you would be doing facials in an eye care practice. Um, and you also, there's just so much to talk about. I feel like I'm rambling, but like you, (laughs) I've learned a lot about like what our value proposition is too, because we're not really ever going to be the most relaxing, luxurious facial, Mm -hmm. right? That's not really our position in the market, but it's a, it's a, our our best client is somebody with rosacea, sensitive skin, dry eye. It's m- more mature skin with aging concerns. Um, and that's our person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously there's an incredible amount of overlap, particularly when you bring up some things like the Demodex issue. And yeah, I, I think at some point when you have another half hour that you happen to have, I think you could educate us a lot on the things that you've educated them on. Um, because the average optometrist doesn't know this. I don't know this, right? These are all new things for me. We're, we talked today about setting up a clinic, but we really need to 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 work through how do we go through in the makeup and ru- in, in the facial routines and what we're using in and around the eyes uh, to dig even deeper into this. And you know, we've barely scratched the surface in dry eye, right? I mean, we're 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 learning so much, and we've got so mm-hmm. much more to go. Um, yeah, so s- super helpful information. Yeah. yeah. And I really think I truly do that dry eye is a disease of impaired skin barrier around the eyes. And that's something I've just come to believe. I'm not hearing a lot of people saying that expressly or talking about it, but I think one of the things we're doing, like we know IPL has so many mechanisms, right? But one of the things it's doing is changing that microbiome, getting it more normal again, killing those mites. But I also think that you can't ignore the skin that's like an inch away. And I've just noticed that my patients that come in for regular facials and, you know, we didn't even talk about, I've got low level light therapy as part of the aesthetics clinic. So there's another overlap, but Mm -hmm. they're doing these things regularly and we just see their dry getting better. So I think it's huge. I think it's so exciting. I love 
I love it. I love being someone that's like sort of spearheading it. A good book for everybody to listen to, if you're interested or or read, you've got to read Med Spa Confidential. So it's Med written Spa by Confidential. Med Spa Confidential. I would recommend linking it um, in like the YouTube version of this yep. and having it in the show notes. But that book has really, really helped me, especially if folks on listening to this are wanting to do more of that med spa, have a medical director, that one will mm-hmm. get you started. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I, I think we could talk for another hour or two, but for this real. this is a really good start. Thank you good. for hanging out with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. It's been fun. Yes. Yes. And thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, we sure appreciate uh, you liking and subscribing and uh, make sure to stay tuned for future episodes of the Optometric Insight Show. <laughs> 